Uh, I want to take you into the Old Testament this morning for the message. I want to take you to the book of Jeremiah. It might be a, a while since you turned up the book of Jeremiah, uh, but I want to take you there uh, because the message, although it is very old, is actually a message that's always new. I'm also taking you back 2,600 years to the year which we're finding the first verse is the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah. Now, that probably doesn't mean very much to you, to us in the, in the 21st century, but it meant a lot to Jeremiah and to the people of his day. It's a very significant year. It was the year 605 BC, 605 BC. And there are some years that will go down in the records as critical turning points in the course, not just of personal history, but of world history. It may be that the year 2020 will be a year like that. Even now, we're looking back on that very strange year and we're thinking that it's like no other year that we ever lived through, not just for us, not just for the nation of Wales, not just for the UK, but for the whole world. That year 2020 was a critical turning point and things in one sense will never get back uh, to what they used to be. Well, after 2,600 years, obviously the memory fades. And so for you and me, the year 605 BC probably doesn't mean a great deal. But this fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, the king of Judah, was a most significant year. Did something happen then? Yes, it did. Was it significant? Yes, it was incredibly significant. We're talking about 600 years before the Lord Jesus appeared in Bethlehem to save us from our sins. But this was a year that changed the lives of everyone at the time. And it was so significant in the life of Jeremiah that he mentions it three times in his very long book. And those three times are in chapter 25, where we are this morning, chapter 36 and chapter 45. And those three chapters, 25, 36 and 45, are really important chapters. They're like bookmarks in this long book. They help us to find our way around the book because each one is a summary of all the chapters that go before it. So we're in chapter 25 today. And Jeremiah wants to remind everybody that he has been very faithful in preaching the word of God for the last 23 years. He's preached to people, bringing the word of God to them and urging them to listen. He's been faithful to the calling that we read about in the very first chapter of his book. He was told that he would be a prophet to all the nations of the world and that the Lord himself would put his word into the prophet's mouth so that he would only speak what the Lord wanted him to say. And Jeremiah has done this for 23 years. And now it is the fourth year of a wicked king, King Jehoiakim, uh, and he's been reigning in Judah. Jeremiah always reminds us that Jehoiakim was the son of Josiah. Every time he mentions him, he says Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah. It's almost like he wants to get away from that name Jehoiakim and mention the name of Josiah as quickly as possible. Why is that? Well, it's because Josiah was a very good king. 
he was a king who personally came to know the Lord when he was just 16 years old. And Josiah, that is, Josiah, uh, when he was 16 years old, came to know the Lord. And he discovered the book of the law of Moses. That's part of the book of Deuteronomy. And he found it in the ruins of the temple when it was being renovated. And Jeremiah started to serve the Lord as a prophet the year after Josiah had found the book of the law in the temple. And for the remaining years of Josiah's wonderful reign, Jeremiah kept giving the people of God the word of God. But sadly, that bright period of reform and revival came to an abrupt end with the death of Josiah. What happened when Josiah died is that the people of Judah decided to put his son, Jehoahaz, on the throne. But they didn't have a chance to really enjoy Jehoahaz's reign because by then Judah itself was being ruled by Egypt. Pharaoh Necho of Egypt had the power to take Jehoahaz off the throne and put his wicked brother Jehoiakim in his place. That tells you something about the days in which Jeremiah was living. Judah was no longer an independent nation. They couldn't make their own decisions, even about who ruled over them. No, Egypt was now the world power and Judah was under its thumb. So we're talking about a time when Egypt was the ruling world power. Well, for four years, Jehoiakim ruled over an increasingly idolatrous and sinful people. And he actually encouraged them in their wickedness. But then in the year 605 BC, there was a battle and that battle would change the world forever. Jeremiah 25, which we read in verse one, gives us a little clue. It tells us that this uh, great year, 605 BC, yes, it was the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, but it was also the first year of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. It was the first year of Nebuchadnezzar. You see, the king of Babylon, of whom we read so much in the Old Testament, especially in the book of Daniel, he came to fight against the Egyptian Pharaoh Necho at a place called Karshemish. And the Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar defeated Pharaoh and the world power transferred from Egypt to Babylon. And that was going to have serious consequences for Judah and all the people of God. So it's in this year, 605, that the word of God came to Jeremiah, as we had it read for us in chapter 25. Now, we're living 2,600 years after the Battle of Karshemish. And if the year 605 BC was a turning point for Jeremiah, then just maybe the year 2020 could be the same for us. Last year, possibly, is a, a year that will change the way that we think, will change the way that we behave. Let's hope it will be so. So what can we learn then from this chapter in order to apply to ourselves in the significant years that we're living through? Well, there are four things that I want to bring to you this morning. The first is this. God's word is relentless. God's word is relentless. Throughout this chapter, Jeremiah mentions the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord came to him in verse one. He spoke that word of the Lord again and again. Persistently, 
he kept on speaking the word of God. Look at verse three. I have spoken persistently to you. The Lord, Jeremiah reminds us, sent his prophets to the people again and again. Verse four, he says, the Lord persistently sent to you all his servants, the prophets. And then sadly, in verse eight, we read that the people have not listened to the word of God. You have not obeyed my words. And those significant words in verse seven, yet you have not listened to me, declares the Lord. The word of the Lord is relentless. Jeremiah kept on speaking the word of the Lord. Again and again, he came to God's people, not just Jeremiah, but all of the prophets in the Old Testament. They were sent again and again with the same word, but the people refused to listen. What does that tell you? Well, it, it tells you that our God is a God who is determined to speak to us. Now, that is an amazing thing. God is determined to speak to us. He will not be put off. No amount of rejection, no amount of refusal will stop God speaking to us. The word of God is relentless in coming persistently again and again. Jeremiah was faithful to that calling to preach God's word for 23 years. During that time, he preached to a people who were at first being urged to return to the Lord. Godly King Josiah, you see, pledged himself and the people that they would return to the Lord. He was a good king and he wanted everybody to follow the Lord God of his fathers. In fact, in order to help them to do that, Josiah rebuilt the temple and restarted the true worship of God. He even started the Passover feast again, which had been neglected for many years. There was every opportunity for the people of God to return to the Lord. And that's true for us today, isn't it? There's every opportunity for us to worship God. And uh, the word of God is essential if anyone is truly going to come to God. God speaks and he calls men and women, boys and girls to come to him. And Jeremiah brought the word of God during those promising years of Josiah's reign. But he carried on through the first four years of Jehoiakim's reign. God's word is relentless. It keeps on coming. God is a God who is determined to speak to us. But there's another thing in which God's word is relentless. God's word is relentless in pursuing change in our lives, real change. You see, God's word is searching as well as persistent. The Lord re required that they return to him, but not, not in a false way. Jeremiah sent a message that revealed the falseness of the religion of the people of his day. Yes, under Josiah, they had sort of returned to the Lord, but it was actually mostly outward show. There was very little change of heart. And Jeremiah had to say to them, look, you're treating the temple as if it's some sort of icon, uh, some sort of lucky charm. You say, well, as long as the temple is in Jerusalem, everything is going to be all right with us. And of course, that's not a true return to the Lord, is it? It's no good for us just saying, oh, well, we live in a country where we're broadly Christian and uh, there's lots of worship going on. And I know there's churches around and 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 I know that God favours us because, well, we're we're Welsh, aren't we? 
Now, that's not good enough. That's a sort of outward thing. God requires change inwardly in our hearts. It's never enough just to give a nod to God and then to trust in forms of religion. God will have a true change of heart. Josiah, the good king, he was a man who followed the Lord with all his heart. But many of the people sadly proved to be shallow and false in their worship. So the word of God had to come again and again. Now, you and I need to recognize that God's word has not been silenced. It's interesting, isn't it, that last year, 2020, and even now into this year, our church services have been severely disrupted. We are not, well, just looking at all you all today, we're not doing what we used to do. We have got used to a new normality. And we hope that it will get back to some different way of worshipping soon. But even though our services have been disrupted, even though much has had to move online, even though we're prevented from meeting and having true fellowship with one another, that's not stopped the word of God going out. And it's wonderful that the word of God has gone out even more freely and it's scattered more widely in these days over the Internet uh, than ever before. We have a God who speaks and he won't be silenced, but is a God who demands that we listen as well. God's word is relentless. It was in Jeremiah's day. It is in ours as well. The second thing I want to share is this. Not only is God's word relentless, but God's will is unchanging. God's will is unchanging. Jeremiah reminds the people in this chapter that for the last 23 years, he has actually preached the same message, the same message. I wonder if you ever think that when you're when you're watching or listening to sermons. Are you thinking to yourself, well, actually, I've heard this before. We were talking before the service uh, with Mark and, and myself and Nigel. And uh, Mark was recounting the fact that once they had in his church when he was growing up, the same sermon, same passage preached three Sundays running. Now, I made sure I didn't do that because I was looking back over your website. But in the days before the Internet, a preacher didn't know what was preached on the previous week. And he could come to your church and preach exactly the same passage and probably the same message. But maybe that's because we need to hear the same message again and again. And Jeremiah didn't change the message. He says, I have for 23 years preached the word of God to you. Verse three, I have spoken persistently to you, but you have not listened. What was his message? Well, verse five, saying, turn now every one of you from his evil way and evil deeds and dwell upon the land that the Lord has given you and your fathers from of old and forever. Turn every one of you from your evil ways. That was the message. That was a message that Jeremiah kept on preaching, the same message. Of course, he brought it in lots of different ways, lots of different illustrations, lots of different points that he was making. But it was the same message. And that's the same for us, isn't it? When we come to church, we hear about Jesus. That's the message. There is no other message. We hear about Jesus. We hear about faith. We hear about repentance. And in fact, the New Testament message is the same as the Old Testament message. If there are differences in context, when Jesus came, he brought a newness, a freshness, a more rounded understanding. He revealed God to us and the Father in a most glorious way. But the message was the same. 
Jesus was the first one to preach it. We find in the beginning of the Gospels, Mark 1, verse 15, Jesus preaches, the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. That's exactly the same message that Jeremiah had. Turn, turn now, every one of you, from your evil way and evil deeds. He was calling people to repent and to turn to God, to repent of their sins, which means to change their minds, to think in a different way, and to turn to God in faith and in trust. And that's exactly the same message that was preached on the day of Pentecost, when uh, Peter said that they were to repent and be baptized, every one of them, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sins. And then as the, as the message of the Christianity went out through the world, the Apostle Paul took it to Athens and he preached that they were to repent. Yeah, good God, God commanded all people everywhere to repent. You see, God's word has not changed. His will is still the same. He still calls us to turn away from the world and our worship of worthless things and to come to him. He still warns us of punishment if we refuse to listen. So we're not to ignore the word of God. We mustn't imagine that somehow God has changed. The God of the Old Testament, we think, is a God of war and a God of wrath. But the God of the New Testament is a loving God. Well, he is a loving God now, but he was a loving God then as well. But as a loving God, he calls us to not ignore his word, but to obey his word. And he tells us that he will forgive us in Jesus because the Lord Jesus has come and died on the cross for sinners like you and like me. And he rose again to assure us of that forgiveness if we put our faith and our trust in him. So the message is unchanged. The will of God is unchanged. He says, turn each of you from your evil ways and your evil practices. Return to me, says the Lord. You may wonder after hearing many sermons week after week, whether the preacher actually does have another message. Uh, you may think that you've heard all of this before. You're probably right. Whatever part of the Bible the preacher takes you to, the message is always the same. God calls us to come to him. He calls us to leave our sins and to wholeheartedly follow him. He calls us to come to Jesus and to find the forgiveness and the grace and the new life in Christ that we so need. He tells us that we mustn't ignore the word because he is not just a God who is loving. He's also a God who is just and he must and will punish sin. We dare not ignore such a word, a word that gives us eternal life and the assurance of heaven. So God's will is unchanging. The third thing I want to share with you from, from Jeremiah 25 is this. God's will is unstoppable. God's will is unstoppable. In seven terrible words, the Lord brings his judgment upon his people. Verse 7 of Jeremiah 25. Yet you have not listened to me. Yet you have not listened to me. For 23 years, through the last years of Josiah and the first four of Jehoiakim, Jeremiah has called people back to God. But tragically, they have not listened. They would not listen. They refuse to listen. So there are consequences. 
We know that uh, when we were children, there were consequences if we refused to listen to our parents. We were warned very often, weren't we? If you don't do what I say, then there'll be trouble. If you don't do what I say, then this will happen. There are consequences to ignoring the voice of our parents. But how much more so then if we ignore the voice of God, if we refuse to listen to God? Jeremiah reminds the people that God's will is unstoppable. What does he tell them? Well, he tells them that they are going to be overrun by Nebuchadnezzar, this new world power, Babylon, that has just defeated Egypt and sent Pharaoh Nico packing. The new world order has begun. And right at the top of that new world order is Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon. And Jeremiah warns the people that they are going to be overrun by him. Look at verse 10. Moreover, I will banish from them, that's the people of Judah, the voice of mirth and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, the grinding of millstones and the light of the lamp. This whole land shall become a ruin and a waste, and these nations shall serve the king of Babylon 70 years. That's a very vivid description of all that they're going to lose. Everything that is pleasant, everything that is joyful. Interesting, isn't it, that we can identify with that in a measure. Because last year, so many of those things just disappeared from our lives. Weddings had to be cancelled. They were postponed. They were cancelled again. And there wasn't the joy of celebrating something like a wedding or even a birthday. We couldn't join together in those times of mirth and happiness. Well, what Jeremiah says is when King Nebuchadnezzar comes, all of that is going to disappear because it's going to be God's time of judgment. God's warnings are never empty. He's very patient and he desires that all should come to repentance, but he won't strive forever. There will be a time when he will judge. It happened to Judah when Nebuchadnezzar came. And it will happen to the world when Jesus returns in glory one day. He has not returned yet because God is patient with us, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. But God's patience will one day be fulfilled and then the end will come. God's will is unstoppable. The people in Jeremiah's day thought that Egypt would save them. From the very early part of Jehoiakim's reign, they were under the protection of Pharaoh. But in the year 605 BC, they discovered that Pharaoh was no match for Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, when Nebuchadnezzar became the servant of God. That's striking, isn't it? In verse nine, behold, I will send for all the tribes of the north, declares the Lord, and for Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant. God calls Nebuchadnezzar this wicked man my servant but he is a servant of god to bring about god's punishment and what jeremiah is saying is pharaoh's not going to be able to protect you not when god has determined to use nebuchadnezzar just as in the days of noah there was only one safe place to be when god's judgment came in the form of the flood and that only one safe place was in the ark so when the terrible day of judgment comes, there will only be one safe place to be. 
and that is in Christ Jesus. On that day, if you are united by Jesus, to Jesus by faith, trusting in him to save you, following him as your Savior and Lord, you'll be safe on that day. You need not fear the judgments of God. But if you're trusting anything else, your good works or your family history or your religion or your church going or your prayers, you'll find that God's will is unstoppable. And that's what the people in Jeremiah's day found in 605 BC. And it's what many will find on that last great day when Jesus returns or on the day that we are removed from this world and we stand before God. God's will is unstoppable. The final point is this. God's rule is universal. God's rule is universal. I want you to see that before we leave this chapter. God's rule is a universal rule. Remember, when God called Jeremiah in chapter one, he said he was going to be a prophet to the nations, all the nations. He said, I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. And the fourth year of King Jehoiakim, 605 BC, was a time of tearing down Egyptian rule and building up Babylonian rule. And for the next 70 years, Babylon will be the great world power. God is in control of all national events. He's, he's not just a, a small God. He's not just a private God. He's not just the God of the Jews, not just the God of Israel. He's not even just the God of Christians. He is the God of all the world, the creator of the ends of the world, the Lord of heaven and earth. And it is God who raises up nations. It's God who brings them down again. It's always been like that. And it's the same today. The great powers in our world today, what are they? Possibly the USA, uh, Russia, uh, China, to a lesser extent, Europe. Well, there have been changes over the years and there will be changes in the future. Nations, powerful nations rise and powerful nations fall. But God is the one who determines when this should happen. So we need to recognize the fact that we have a God who is in control of all world events, as he was in the year 605 BC. We're to learn that all authority in heaven and earth is given to our God. He holds the nations in his hand and he does what pleases him. We can be confident that the world is being directed by God. No human ruler can ever thwart the purposes of God. And that's a very comforting thing. There's another side to this authority and power. The Lord Jesus tells us that all authority in heaven and earth has been given to him. And he goes on to tell us that because of this, we are to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That's in Matthew 2, verses 18 and 19. You see, nations rise and nations fall. Years come and years go. Strange years come, like 2020, and they go. But the word of God in the gospel is for everyone in every age. God's word is relentless. His call is unchanging. His will is unstoppable because our God is a God who is universal in his rule. This is the God of Jeremiah. This is a God who kept Jeremiah preaching for 23 years. And he was to go on, by the way, for another 17 years. The word of God never failed to come through him to the people. 
He kept going even though most people ignored the word. And we are to be faithful to the word of God in our generation, in our years of change. And most of all, we're not to ignore the word of God. We're to come to Jesus, the only saviour of sinners, who loved us so much that he gave his life on the cross of Calvary so that we might not face the terrible judgment of God, but that we might receive forgiveness and grace and eternal life in him.